Hey, what's going on, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Winner's Circle. I'm your host, Anthony Wynn. It is good to be back. Um, lots happened again this week in, in the New York sports landscape of things, so we're going to get right to it. Um, the Giants win against the Texans relatively easily. I mean, the score was 24-16, but it wasn't really that all that close. Uh, we'll get into that game. Jets get a win even though they were on a bye week um, with the Bills losing again in one of the craziest NFL games you'll probably ever see, ever. Um, we'll get into some of that. Uh, Yankees re-sign Rizzo. That's a three-year, $40 million deal uh, with a team option on the third year. I like it, and we'll get into the reasons why I like it. Judge wins AL MVP, rightfully so. Um, should have been unanimous, but I'll get into all of that. Um, you know, we'll get into what the Yankees are going to do and, you know, when they're going to get that, that deal done, man. Cause you know, I said, I said judge needed to be done very quickly last week and I still stand by that, but we'll get into all that. Um, I remember last week being very down on the Knicks and they're, you know, they're, They've started a, a, a West Coast road trip and, and started off well there. Uh, we'll get into them. They they got two really good wins on the road. Um, and then you just got the the circus that's the Nets in Brooklyn. And I, I just don't know what's happening there. It's kind of insane. You got KD coming out talking shit about his teammates and why he requested the trade and talking shit about Nash and it's just all over the place and with all that happening you, you got Kyrie coming back Sunday most likely that's what all of the reports are saying um but we'll get into that as well but yeah man it's uh it's been a long week had you know Ranger game Rangers started so late last night because they were out in Seattle and they ended up losing in overtime again getting real tired of these OT losses Rangers have been fairly inconsistent, and I'm, uh, it it's hard to key on what's really going on there with how well, because it's crazy how many players are actually playing well, and it's just still not happening for them. So, you know, I'm not going to get too crazy into them today with all the other stuff going on, but 10 o'clock starts are rough. I made it to, like... Five minutes left in the third period, man, and it was uh, it was done. I was done for. I I I saw they tied it, and then I was just I don't know. It was tough for me. It's hard for me to stay up that late. It really is. I mean, I'm getting up at four thirty, five o'clock in the morning every morning. It's I do my best. I do my best, but they ended up losing that game in overtime against a Kraken team that is coming along, man. Second year. And they they don't look bad, they don't look bad, but uh, yeah they they they're on they the Rangers have been fairly inconsistent. But I want to get into the Giants real quick. So the Giants, they get a win over Houston. <clears throat> it's a big win too. And I said they had to get at least one of the next two. I wanted to be at least seven and three going into that Dallas game, and they gave that to me. Now they got Detroit coming up, and we'll get into that. But you know, you know, good overall win. You didn't make the mistakes. Uh, you overcame some mistakes. Not nothing crazy, but I'll get into how like you know I I love how Dayball coaches this team. 
Um, they just did what they needed to do. <laughs> you know? Um, they capitalized on Houston's mistakes. There was one moment in the game, really, where I kind of got a little nervous, where they, where Mills throws that touchdown to Cooks. And I'm like, oh, boy, here we go. And then, of course, they had the, uh, the holding call. I believe it was a holding call. And, um, you know, that, that brought that back. And then the ne- very next play, Mills throws the pick. And I said last week, he, he just, he makes the mistakes. Um, I believe he covered two more, two other fumbles, so you turn the ball over. Um, on defense, you, they're very opportunistic defense. They're not going to blow you away. They're not a lights-out defense, but because Damian Pierce blew off a big one against them. And he's good, don't get me wrong, but, you know, this defense gives up some of those plays from now and from now and then, but this defense is elite where they need to be. Um, they're they're first in red zone defense. They're first on third down, and that's what you need. I mean, that's just what you need. You're holding teams to field goals, and you're you know you're getting the ball back because you're stopping them on third down. So they're get they're doing all the little things that they need to do, and the offense did what they needed to do. Houston had the worst rush rush defense in the league. Get, they give up 180 yards rushing per game. 180. And, you know, I said Saquon needed to have a day, and that's exactly what he went out and did. 35 carries, 152 yards, and a touchdown. I mean, come on. You can't really have a better day than that. You really can't. I mean... I don't know how many times you're going to be able to rush rush 35 times with him. That that's a little that's a little uh, you know, iffy to me. I don't know if that's the smartest thing to do all the time. But excuse me, taking a sip of water. It's what you needed to do in that game. And you know, he had a day and I'll tell you what, Daniel Jones didn't look too shabby either. He went 13 for 17, which, look, the stats aren't going to blow you away, but 197 yards, two touchdowns, no picks. And, look, we can't emphasize this enough. What was Daniel Jones' biggest problem? Biggest problem. He didn't take care of the football. He would have those mind-numbing plays, which, by the way, and I'll, I'll go back to this moment, Week one against the Titans when he throws that pick in the end zone. He can't do that shit. And what does Dayball do the second he gets to the sideline? He fucking tears into him and explains, like, yo, you you can't make that throw in that situation. And ever since that specific throw, actually, he had one more against Carolina the next week. He had one more that ended up not getting picked off because Carolina, you know, they, they didn't take advantage of it. But it didn't get picked off. And, uh... That was his last bad throw. Like, mind-numbingly bad throw. Like, just a bad decision. Ever since then, he hasn't made the mistakes. And I mean, with the way Saquon's playing and the way this offensive line, which, by the way, is... Dave Gettleman is here for five seasons and said from the jump he had to fix the offensive line. Was here for five years, couldn't do it. Dayball and Shane come in and just completely turn this thing around like that i mean it's so 
mind blowing really how important it is to have you know the right people in these positions. I mean like like for real. That's why Dayball can go to the sideline, right? And and ream these guys out and chew them a new ass because they realize it works. Like what he's trying to explain to you, it works. So when you fuck up, you're gonna hear about it. Perfect example. You have a fourth down, fourth and inches. You're you're running a QB sneak. Why? Why? You had eight linemen in that on that play. And I don't remember the time of the game. I believe it was early though. I think it was before, you know. It was definitely in the first half at some point. But um you have a fourth and inches. You're gonna go for it. You have a chance to put points on the board. And you have eight linemen on the field and the out the one all the way out on the outside who's not even a part of the play because you're running a QB sneak, false start, jumps before the ball snap. You can't have that type of shit happen. You're converting that fourth and inches and you still have a chance to you still have an opportunity to get points on that draft. And you end up punting. Because obviously it's a five yard penalty. You're fourth down. Hello. You got to punt. Can't go for it. And Brian Dayball chewed that dude a new asshole. <laughs> he just did. It was Anderson, who's a backup lineman. He's barely ever in the game. But you had eight linemen in the game. You 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 pretty much told Houston what you were going to do. And, by the way, when the ball was snapped, they, kept, they still played the play like it was a play. It was obviously whistled dead because of the false start. But Daniel Jones... Easily gets the first down. <laughs> Easily. So, you know, he, he was even, uh, Brian Dables asked after the game, like, you know, about his emotions and how he, you know, does read players out. And look, not a lot of people love, love that. But, but when you're wrong, I don't hate it. Like, you fucked up. You got to hear about it. I mean, you're in there. And you're barely in there ever. And you're going to do that. And you're not even a part of the play. So, like, that coaching style, you know, he gets away with stuff like that because they understand, the players actually understand, like, what he's explaining to them works. I mean, that's that's just the bottom line. It works. And so, you know, they, they, they clearly play for the dude. And... It was actually, like I said, that one moment. Like, that was the first comfortable day I had as a Giants fan. It was still ugly. It wasn't like a perfection game. It was ugly. Like I thought it would be. But I never, like, was sitting there during that game, like, nervous, really. I, really, I kind of wasn't. I felt good. Now that's because we're playing Houston, and you need to win that game. And you did. Congratulations. Now you have an opportunity here. With Philly getting their first loss, by the way, against Washington on Monday night. Which is huge for you. Because if you can beat Detroit... Now, let's be real here, okay? Philly... Who's Philly going up against this week? Fuck, I gotta look at that. Because you could beat Detroit. If Philly loses, you're tied for first place in the division. And you're going up against Dallas on Thanksgiving. Now... That's that's the real litmus test for this team, and I don't want to look too far ahead because, I don't know, would anybody be shocked if they lost to Detroit this weekend? I don't know if I'd be shocked. 
I don't know. I, if, I think they need. I think they should beat Detroit. I think they're better than Detroit. I mean, record-wise, obviously, they it says they're better than Detroit. But Detroit can put points on the board, man. But you're going up against another defense to where, yeah, Detroit can put points on the board, but you're not really a passing offense, and Detroit's defense is horrendous. So all the way around it, not not just the pass defense sucks, the rush, the run defense sucks. It's just not good. It's not a good defense. So, I mean, you should you should be able to control time of possession with the run game still, which keeps that offense off the field, which limits their points, obviously. So, I mean, that's the game plan, isn't it? I mean, that's the game plan for every game. I'll tell you what, especially against Dallas, because Green Bay showed you last week that Dallas can't stop the run. So look, I, look, I know I'm I'm getting really ahead of myself here, but if they beat Dallas on Thanksgiving, if they beat Dallas on Thanksgiving, now I'm talking division. I'm talking division at that point, because can we all agree, talent-wise, I mean Dallas is a better football team. Like, like, does it hurt to say that? Yes. By the way, they beat you one time already with Cooper Rush. At home. You were at home, too. In MetLife. So, look. If they beat Dallas Thanksgiving, I'm talking division all the way. I'm sorry. I just am. Because then you got you got four straight division games. You got four straight division games after this Detroit game. And this Detroit game is the most winnable out of all those games. Because Washington's no slub either now. So... If you you gotta you should beat this Detroit team, man. Like I said, I wouldn't be shocked if we lost. And I don't know how heartbroken I would be. It depends on what everybody else in the division does, really. So yeah, you got Dallas, Thanksgiving, then you got Washington at home, Philly, and then Washington at Washington. But you got you got at Dallas on Thanksgiving. Yeah, and then you have Washington at home and then Philly at home. So, Ford straight division game. And then you have Minnesota after that second Washington game in Minnesota. So, I might even chalk that one up as an L. Which, by the way, we got to get into Justin Jefferson's catch. What the fuck was that shit? Everybody's talking about how, you know, obviously the, the, the DB helped him because he was trying to intercept the ball instead of just batting it down, which he should have just batted it down because that would have been game time right there. Done. But to sit here and tell me that that's not better than OBJ's catch, and I'm biased, Giant fan, did it as a Giant. I I thought it was the greatest catch I had ever seen until I just saw what I saw with Justin Jefferson the other day. This man is up in the air, horizontal, one hand. I don't give a fuck about the DB, whatever. He, he, he takes it out of his hands because the DB has the pick. No one's talking shit on the DB if he p- intercepts the ball. So... Enough with that. <laughs> um, insane catch. And if you haven't seen it by now, go fucking look it up. It's the greatest catch I have ever seen. Greatest catch I've ever seen. And on the at the biggest time, fourth and 18. You need that. Down four. <laughs> insane. Insane catch. Um, 
Insane game all the way around. That game was nuts. That game was nuts. But, yeah. No, Giants have a run here. We're going to know what this Giants team is in the next five games. We're going to know. Go and handle your business against Detroit. Keep that offense off the field because they do have an explosive offense. They do. Keep the offense off the field. Run the ball like you've been running the ball. Saquon's been the best running back in the game this year. And you anybody can argue with me on that. I, like Overall, he's been the best running and the most consistent running back all year. He's our offense. And we're 7-2 because of him. Daniel Jones has played his ass off. Don't get me wrong. He's part of the reason why we're 7-2 as well. He's not turning the ball over. And by the way, Darius Slayton is coming out of the woodwork all of a sudden. He showed, See, he showed glimpses, and then last year became a ghost, and then was dropping passes early this year, and now all of a sudden he's like, boom, all right. Because he's the guy at the moment. He's definitely the number one guy. Not saying much, but he had a good game last week with that 54-yard touchdown. He had 94 yards. I think he might have had a 100-yard game. Either way, he's he's starting to, you know, he's starting to show some promise here. Maybe a little bit of reliability. Because Wondell Robinson's hurt. He ain't playing. And I don't know what's going on with him. I think it's a hamstring again. I hope this isn't another Tony situation in terms of just not getting on the field. But he's hurt again. So Slayton's going to have to show up. But again, Saquon, Saquon, Saquon. Run the ball with Jones. Just, just keep that offense off the field and you'll be fine because you should be able to score points against this defense that's how bad the defense is and by the way the only reason they win that game against Chicago last week is because Chicago's defense might be worse than the Lions defense so let's just put everything in perspective here please Giants should win this game wouldn't be shocked if they lost but Giants should win this game boy I'm excited I can't wait holy crap I'm, I'm going to be a nervous wreck for the next six weeks. <laughs> this is going to be nuts. The bye week's over. I got Giants football now until hopefully, hopefully like January. Please. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Jets. Get into the Jets. Off a of bye week. No uh, crazy, no crazy news coming out of their bye week, which is a good thing. Um, they get a win without even playing because the Bills took that L against the Vikings. So, now it's time for the redemption game. You're coming off the bye week. I'll say it again. You're coming off the bye week. You're going to New England. Can we be honest here? The Jets are better than New England. They just are. Um... All the way around. Maybe except for the coaching. But talent-wise, and I get it, coaching's a big deal. Okay? But Salah's proven me wrong this year. I'll I'll say it before. I've said it before. I'll say it again. I killed that man with that receipts comment. I killed him. Killed him for it. And you know what? He's, you can keep my receipt, buddy. I know you don't listen to this, but like, just as the, you know, as the analogy goes, go ahead. I was I was shitting on you too. And you know what? He's been proving me wrong. Can't tell me this defense isn't what it is because of him. It's because of him. So, look. 
well, not really. This is your. This is the biggest game for the Jets and pa and Patriots too. Now, the page. This isn't like a nothing game for the Patriots. They have to win this game. And look, I feel really good about the Jets going into this game. Personally, I think they will win this game. I think they need to win this game because it's one of those situations where, you know. The Bills are kind of reeling a little bit. Now, they play in Detroit against uh, Cleveland this week because they're supposed to get three to six feet of fucking snow in Buffalo. Don't miss that shit. I remember going to school in Plattsburgh. We never got three to six fucking feet, but the cold was different. So, upstate New York is different with that snow shit. The lake effect in Buffalo, I'm sure. We had the lake effect in Plattsburgh, too, with Lake Champlain. It was... Serious shit. So, I remember going out one night, and and the second I stepped out of the dorm, my nose just it froze. Like every like all the mucus. I know it's kind of gross, but all the mucus in my nose just froze up instantly. And our dumbasses walked downtown. It's a it was like a twenty five minute fucking walk, thirty minute walk. What are we thinking? It was like negative twelve. But that's what you do when you're juniors and seniors in college. Do stupid shit like that. You go downtown, there's no one down there on those nights. Who the fuck's going out during that? Us. But we were savage animals. So, you know, it happens. But anyway, um, yeah, they're playing in Detroit this week because Detroit's in New York against the Giants. So, And, by the way, Buffalo goes to Detroit on Thanksgiving. So, it just makes sense. And I think... They're going to take their frustrations out on Cleveland because I don't think Cleveland's very good. Um, that's another big story. Deshaun Watson's back at practice. He can come back week 13 against, of all teams, Houston, <laughs> his ex-team. That should be fun to watch, I guess. I don't know. It's crazy how everything just goes away once you start playing. It, it's crazy. Uh, neither here nor there. But look, all right, back to the Jets. I'm sorry. Kind of went off on a tangent there. <laughs> Oh, I'm sure you heard that. But anyway, um, no, you got to win this game, man. I don't think, like, I really just think all all the way around you're better. And I don't think, like, think about think about the game at home. The, the, this is the sad part about this game because you should have beat them at home. But, like, think about the game at home. Mac Jones throws a pick six. It's 17-3, right? Or you think it's 17-3 because, of course, they throw a rough in the passer penalty for, uh, um, um, who was it on? A John Franklin Myers. And it was a roughing the passer according to the rule. The rule fucking blows. But it was a roughing the passer. So instead of it being 17-3 going into half, it's 10-6 because they ended up getting a field goal. So, okay. Let's think about that. You get that pick six, right? 17-3 to go, ha go into half with your defense. I feel fairly confident Mac Jones is not coming back to win that game for New England. Pretty confident that that doesn't happen. So, And I'm also fairly confident that Zach Wilson don't really make the same dumb mistakes that he was making because you don't put him in that position because you're up 17-3 and you don't need to do stupid shit like that. But that's neither here or there. He still made those dumb mistakes and those are on him. That can't happen against New England this week. None of that shit can happen. None of that shit can happen. Run the fucking ball. Do what you're... like. 
They uh, DPH on Rothenberg this morning had a uh, oh shit, what was his name? McGovern, Connor McGovern, uh, offensive lineman um, on the Jets, and he talked about the formula, running the football, you know, putting the team in position, like keeping. And he even said complimentary football, which is what they finally have been doing. Remember earlier in the season when they lost that, that game? It was their third game after they beat Cleveland. Who the hell did they play? I can't remember who they played, but they definitely lost week three. And we were talking how they couldn't string like a full game plan together. All three phases. When one side of the football is doing well, the other side of the football wasn't able to do well. Well, they fixed that. Special teams still have some work to do, but the defense is playing insane, and the run game works. So keep doing that. And you could do that against New England. It's not like... See, this is the thing. Everybody's so enamored, and I get it. Bill Belichick just... For whatever reason against the Jets, I've said this before. For whatever reason against the Jets, he fucking just wakes up for it. He's, he's ready for that game, no matter what. No matter what, he's ready for that game. So I get that. The game plan is going to be on point from New England. But you just have the better team. You need to go out and beat this team. They're not like stout on defense. You got Matthew Judon who leads the league in sacks. Don't get me wrong. He's having a great year. But that's about all they have. And, I, you know, you got to go up there and beat them. Especially after what happened at home, on, on, you know, on your home field. You got to beat this team, man. It's the biggest game. I mean, it's 13 in a row you've lost. I mean, let's... Aren't you due? Go fucking beat this team. Go beat this team. Don't put Zach in a position to make mistakes. And beat this team. It's so crazy. If you win this game, you're in first place in the division. The Jets are in first place. But guess what? Here's the caveat to everything. And this is why this game is so big. Not just because it's the Patriots. It's already big because it's the Patriots. I don't care what the records are. But you win, you're in first. If you lose, you're in last. So put that in perspective. You got to go out and win. You got to go out and win the game, period. And I expect them to win. For the first time this season, I'm like bullish on the Jets. You just went out and beat the Bills. And off a bye week... You should have a game plan, and you should be able to go up and beat New England. Point blank, period. Because then you got Chicago at home, and then who knows what the hell can happen. This team's 8-3 and three going into the two division games, because I think you got at Buffalo after the, the, the Bears. I could be wrong on that. I'm not 100% positive, but... I know I'm pretty sure you got two division games at that, which would which would mean you're at Buffalo and at Miami. So put two and two together there. Um, but yeah, no, like anything can happen from there. I could be wrong on that. I'm not 100 percent sure, but no, anything can happen from there. You got to beat New England though. You got to you got to redeem what happened. You got to redeem uh, that bad game. Sorry, my dogs are laying down in the bed um, next to where I'm where I'm at right now, and you know when dogs like are just in that deep sleep. The one Louie, the big one, is is sitting here twitching all over. He's okay. He's he's just dreaming. He's just dreaming. 
And then Zoe, the small one, is doing little, like, barks. It's pretty funny. I'm surprised you didn't. You might have caught that. <laughs> oh, those two. Zoe's also completely under the blankets. Completely under the blankets. Lily can give a shit, but Zoe needs to be under the blankets at all times. Yeah, I don't, I don't even know where she's at. She might be under the pillows. Anyway, sorry. Alright, let's get back to it. Um, Alright, let's get into the Yankees, though. The Yankees keep Rizzo. They re-sign Rizzo. Their free agency, you know, has st- started off fairly well. Because I, I, I really, I really, really, really do love the signing. I do. Um, they signed him three years. Uh... $40 million with a third-year option for the team. It's a team option, which means they can make the decision on to whether to pay him that third year and keep him or let him go, whatever. Um, love it. There's a lot of reasons why I love it. Um, it's no small re-sign. Uh, for one, brilliant first baseman. Should be a gold club. You're going to get a gold glove caliber first base from Anthony Rizzo every single year. No questions asked. He's say IKF, we talked about his errors all year, right? He'd have way more if Anthony Rizzo wasn't the first baseman. I can tell you that right now. Um, same thing with Donaldson. Same thing with Donaldson. So you're going to get all-star caliber first base play. One of the better defensive first basemen in the entire um, MLB. So that's one. Two. Um, the short porch and right at Yankee Stadium is made for this guy. Obviously, he has a pull swing, lefty hitter, and he hit 32 home runs this year, and I think that has a lot to do with being at Yankee Stadium. So, if so facto, hello, yeah, perfect for Yankee Stadium. Um, and he can hit the ball out of the park, and... I would expect that to continue. Number three, um, there's no shift next year. They are banning the shift. So, that's also huge because a lot of these pull hitters, and I really wouldn't even classify Rizzo as a pull hitter. I mean, he does pull the ball a lot. Don't get me wrong. The analytics would say that he pulls the ball, and that's why they use the shift on him, and I understand all of this. Don't worry about it. But he's also one of the only guys that'll shorten up his swing when he's at, when he's got two strikes on him. Only guys. Chokes up on the bat. Make sure he tries to make contact with the ball. He doesn't strike out a lot. And with no shift next year, that's going to be a big deal. Would not be surprised if Rizzo hit 280 next year. And hits more home runs. Wouldn't be surprised. So that's the third thing. And four, and probably the most important, and this might be a hot take, might not be. You tell me, I don't know. Almost guaranteed Judge comes back. Almost guarantees it. Because how many reports did uh, did you hear? Like, if Judge signs in San Francisco, Rizzo's going to follow him. Or Rizzo, you know, Judge consoled or like you know went to Rizzo and asked him about free agency because he's been through it before all these different things right they're really fucking close look at any game this season when they pan to the dugout who is standing next to each other 
every time they pan to the dugout when they put the camera on Judge. It's him and Rizzo. They're extremely close. Every story has came out saying Rizzo was going to sign where Judge was going to sign and vice versa. So, I find it very hard to believe that Rizzo would re-sign with the Yankees and Judge, you know, Rizzo would re-sign before Judge made a decision. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like Rizzo has a decent, like, idea on what he thinks Judge is going to do. So, I'll use this term again, if so facto, and I'm stealing that from Rick on DPH on Rock. Rothenberg, Rick DiPietro. Stealing that from him. He coined that phrase. If so facto, <laughs> Judge is going to be a Yankee. Now, it's n- obviously, there's no guarantees. That's why I said almost guarantees. Let's not sit here and s- start telling everybody, Oh, Anthony, he, he, when, he, uh, he guaranteed Judge was going to be back because Rizzo signed. And now, look, Judge signed for $400-plus million in San Francisco, blah, blah, blah. Look, I feel very confident that Judge is going to re- be a Yankee next year. Okay? That's all I'm confident about, especially because Rizzo's back. Now, speaking of Aaron Judge, since everything seems to revolve around him and the Yankees, wink, wink, since, you know, that's another reason you got to sign him. The man won, finally won, his MVP, and rightfully so. It was announced yesterday, Judge, American League, MVP, and it wasn't unanimous. Now, for those who don't know, there's 30 writers who vote for the MVP. 30. 28 of them voted for Judge. Here's my opinion. If you don't vote for Judge this year for MVP then you shouldn't be voting for MVP. That's just my opinion. Uh, I don't, I'm not going to get into all the stats and all that shit. I can go all day about that type of stuff because like, um, I've done that before and I'm, I'm just not going to do that. Okay. Judge was clearly the MVP of the league this year and it wasn't close. And really by the voting, you could tell it wasn't close, but you just have these, the two writers who voted for Shohei Otani. And listen, again, I'm going to say this again. I'm not taking anything away from Shohei Otani, but if Shohei Otani is going to get voted for MVP, then he needs to win it every year. I mean, let's just be honest. If you're going to vote for Shohei Otani this year, Solely because he does both, and he's great at both. I don't want to shit on him. We haven't seen this before ever. No one living today has seen this before. I don't care what you say. I mean, it's 2022. If you're 100 years old, you were born in 1922, which was the tail end of, you know, Ruth, Babe Ruth, who was the last one to do it. And I think that actually was the last year that he did that. So it wasn't the tail end, it was the tail end of him pitching. Because he didn't, once he, came, once he became a Yankee, he did not pitch. So, and, but, yes, and Babe Ruth is one of the only other people that you even think of when it comes to pitchers and hitters and doing them both at a high level. Shohei Otani is great. But if you are looking at this objectively, 
and you see the season Judge just had. The season Judge just had was historic. He batted above 300, which no one ever does in baseball anymore. He hit 62 home runs, broke the American League record. And the Yankee record. He had 100-plus RBIs, period. 100-plus, I think he was in the 120s, but... This guy had a season for the ages. And, oh, by the way, his team was in the ALCS, and Los Angeles was sitting... So Otani's somewhere on vacation right now, probably back home. Alright, so... Hello... That's the most valuable player. And the two writers should be ashamed of themselves. They, he, they just should be. He should have been the unanimous MVP, and there's there's no getting around that. I mean, let's just be real. There's no getting around that. So, I'm glad he got it. He deserves it. And... Good shit for Aaron Judge. Now, Yankees, please, just make a deal. I saw something earlier this morning that they made him an offer. No details on it or anything like that, but they made an offer. So, I think they also know that they need to uh, they need to get this done relatively quickly. Well, it's relatively quickly. I can't even talk right now. I'm sorry. <laughs> they just need to do this. I actually called... Yeah, you know, I guess I should talk about it because it's something that happened with them. Yeah, the Hal Steinbrenner finally come on, you know, and, uh, you know, have an interview on Yes. And, uh, look, I don't know. I'm tired of the excuse making. That's essentially all it was. And let's be real, it's kind of a puff piece. He owns the Yes Network, so of course he's going to do the interview on Yes. He's not going to go somewhere else to do it, and uh, which is fine. I don't blame him for that. I'm not going to sit here and kill him. At least he talks. Leon Rose doesn't like to talk. Nick's GM, and we'll get into the Knicks a little, in a little bit. But he comes out and he talks about how, you know, he does the same things. They do the same things that they do in Houston, you know. They, blah, you know, analytics, yada, 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 yada. They just went into the to the playoffs healthier than us. Uh, I mean, come on, man. I, I'm tired of it. What about the deal for IKF and Donaldson? Because that blew up in your face. What about that deal? That didn't work out. And that that's not injuries. That's just a bad deal. Okay? Now, yes, you had a lot of injuries. All right? You did. But every fucking team had injuries, man. And you still got to where you got. So, we're not going to talk about the, the mismanaging in the of the bullpen in the playoffs. We're not going to talk about that. We're not, we're not going to talk about the IKF deal. We're not going to do that. No. We were just not healthy at the wrong time. I mean, come on, man. You were you were you were going back and forth with the shortstops. You didn't know who was going to start the games at shortstop. I mean, you didn't know who was going to lead off any given night. I mean, that's not a recipe for success. On top of the bullpen blunders, so don't come out here and sit here and tell me 
after, you know, six years ago, however long ago it was now, when Brian Cashman has that interview, oh, we're not building for a championship, we're building for championships. Well, okay, can you fucking get to one, please? Please, I'm asking you, please, I'm begging you, honestly, could you fucking get to one championship? One. That's all I'm asking. Because at this point, see, you, you know, I get it. Not you, Everybody's going to be like, oh, you're just a spoiled Yankee fans, Yankee fan. You know what? Fuck you. I am. Yeah, I fucking am a spoiled-ass Yankee fan. And when my team comes out and says shit like I just said, which is what was said, championships, not championship, okay? We haven't even sniffed the championship since he said that. We, we've sniffed it once. And I'm not even going to call this year a sniff because I was not too, like, I don't know. Excited's not the word, but... Maybe excited is the word. I don't know. Wasn't wasn't very, you know, optimistic about the matchup against Houston in the ALCS. So, regardless of health, even if you were healthy, I'm not liking that matchup. So what does that say? And it's just one of those deals where, like, you look at it and, like, you see you brought on Donaldson's money for what? Like, when that deal happened, I thought, what are we doing here? And it just solidified itself throughout the whole season because the dude can't hit. So don't sit here and come out and talk about these excuses, man. I- I'm tired of hearing that shit. When five years ago, six years ago, you have your general manager talking about multiple championships when we can't even get to one. And now you're sitting here talking about health? Nah, not with that. I'm not with that. I I had I I called <laughs> I called uh, the morning show that day. I don't remember what day it was, but I called the, I called DPH on Rothenberg. I had to I had to cuz they were they were playing the cuts of how and I'm sitting there like, "Oh, uh, I'm like ripping my hair out." Shout out to the company by the way. For those of you who who do listen to my show, I really appreciate it. I appreciate y'all trying to plug it too. You do that for me whenever you can on Twitter, and I love that. Um, but it just blew my mind. But back to the positives. I'm sorry. I had to get that out because I just remembered about it. Because, you know, Judge winning MVP and them signing Rizzo happened after, you know, everything I just said. So, actually, Judge winning MVP happened last night. So, you know, it's fresh in my mind. But uh, it, it popped in my head. I'm tired of the excuses. Go out and do what you have to fucking do now. You, you got Rizzo? Love that. All right? Get Judge done. Get Judge done. Damn, you know what just popped in my head too? They're getting investigated, the Mets and the Yankees. <laughs> and I don't, I, don't, I don't hate the reasons why. Obviously, there was an article that came out. Steve Cohen said, you know, he has a very mutual respect for Hal. And, you know... They kind of like had a mutual agreement that, you know, the Mets weren't going to go after Judge in free agency. And I love that. Don't get me wrong. I love that. Because if Judge became a Met, I would be like physically sick to see him in the other pinstripes in town. I would. It would make me sick. Okay? So I love that they had that agreement. But 
I do understand the players' union, you know, wanting to get that investigated because that is collusion. And, you know, that that kind of gives the Yankees more leverage for Judge because that's one suitor off the table for Judge to go get a deal from and compare deals, especially when it's the richest owner in baseball. So that's pretty good negotiating tactics for the Yankees in negotiations with Judge. So the players' union wants it investigated. They were going to probably look for emails, texts, phone calls, you know, all that type of stuff. What will happen if they if they do, you know, if they're found guilty of collusion? They'll probably get fined a lot of fucking money and lose draft picks. That's probably what's going to happen. But you know what? If the Yankees keep judge, I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. Please keep judge. You need to sign him. And, and that's about it. Congratulations to Judge for finally winning his MVP. Should have been his second MVP, but, you know, you got the cheating Altuves over there in Houston stealing that MVP from Judge. That's neither here nor there. One rookie of the year that year with the 52 home run season, so you know what? I'm not going to cry about it. Got your MVP, buddy. Now come back, please. Please come back. All right. Now, I'm not going to get crazy into the Knicks. I know on the last episode I was killing them. Rightfully so, by the way, because you gave up 145 fucking points to OKC. So they were getting killed for good reason. All right? But with all that being said, they started this West Coast road trip on two very high notes. You go to Utah and hand them their first win or first loss on uh, at home. I'm sorry. Jesus. I had a brain fart just now. And uh, you played pretty well throughout that whole game. And then you go to Denver, second night of a back-to-back, and beat Denver at Denver for the first time in 16 years. You had not beat Denver since 2006. Is that math right? Yes. 2006 at Denver. So that's huge. And you came from behind to do that. And Randall went off. Um, Look, Brunson's everything you wanted him to be. The only criticism right now, and really there's two, but Tibbs, within the last two games, I think has shown you something as far as like the rotations and stuff. Fournier is not playing, finally. Thank God. And there was a report that he came out that he's not happy about it. Well, boo the fuck who, French man. Sorry. You, you, you're, hot, you're hot garbage. And I know everybody loves, you know, I say that all the time. I do. It's one of my favorite sayings. Hot garbage. Light the trash can on fire. That's what you are. So, he's not playing. He went down to a nine-man rotation, which has seemed to work fairly well. So, let's stick with that for a little bit. Um... So he was one, because a lot of people were saying, you know, you go 0-5, 1-4 on this road trip, Tibbs is out. And I can't say, like, I'm not fully off that train yet in terms of him not being the right coach. Because I, I, at the end of the day, I don't think he is. I still just doesn't. There's too much young talent on the team, and Tibbs hates young guys. Now, hate's a strong word, but in terms of playing time and, like, developing young guys he can't do that he don't do that shit Tibbs needs a win now team and let's be honest this Knicks team again my expectations really haven't changed they're kind of middle of the pack but those two wins were big and 
The other criticism is R.J. Barrett is playing like, quote-unquote, hot garbage. Hot garbage. And that's a problem because he was the sticking point, really. And now everybody wants to say, oh, well, we don't know what the sticking point was to not getting Donovan Mitchell, yada, yada, yada. It was R.J. Barrett, people. We would not trade R.J. Barrett straight up. Now, if it was straight up, I would absolutely do that. But we wouldn't trade R.J. Barrett in the picks for Donovan Mitchell. Hmm. What are we thinking about that right now? You know? I mean, he can't shoot. It's bad. It's bad right now. And, uh... I don't know. Now, does he historically get off to slow starts? Yes, he does. But... I don't know, man. Is he ever going to be as good as Donovan Mitchell? No. So, I don't know. I think, ultimately, we should have went out and did that trade. But, and, and, and you know what? I can't say that. Because that's, that's, that's 2020 hindsight, right? Because I was also one at the time saying, you can't trade RJ. That's what I was saying. So, that's me talking out of both end. you know, both ends there. But it's bad what he's doing right now. <laughs> it's it's very disconcerting, and I am not happy about it. And you re-signed him. So he needs to step up, man. Um, I like the way they responded, though, to start off this home, I mean, this road trip, because, you know, you give up 145 to OKC at home. That's just, that's straight effort. And if you're not giving the effort, you're not talented enough to win. So, you know, they had that, that team dinner. And since then, they've responded very well. They've played hard defensively. And I think they started to realize, like, they, they that's exactly what they need to do to win games. So, we'll see. They got Golden State tonight. And Golden State hasn't played very well recently. The Golden State hasn't won a game on the road. You believe that? So, you know... Let's see what happens here. I don't know. Then you get the hardest game this week probably on this road trip is Phoenix. You got Phoenix after Golden State. Probably expect you to lose that game. And then you got at OKC. So go redeem yourself there. But keep playing hard, man. I mean, I like what I see in the first two games here. Let's 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 see what we can do. Um, three and two, I don't think is asking too much now. Um, considering you already got two. So, let's see. Alright, alright. I'm going to be a little longer than an hour today. I can already tell because I'm already at the 50-minute mark. And I still got to do my picks for the week. Probably should have did it when I was doing the Giants and the Jets. But I got to get into the Nets. And, I'm, and I apologize, all of you who don't like basketball talk. Thomas, for you listening i know you're listening maybe you're not listening right now because i've been talking the knicks for the last 10 minutes maybe you're not but this is this is a fairly entertaining story i think you might like this i think everybody might like this because it's really not even about basketball um it's about kevin durant and his comments that he had after um you know their embarrassing performance against Sacramento when they gave up 153 points against Sacramento. Yes, I said it. Sacramento. That's horrible. <laughs> um, but I got the quote right here. 
he did a interview with Bleacher Report, and this is just one quote, and it's the main quote I'm going to focus on because it's it's it'll blow your mind here. All right, this is Katie's quote, quote unquote. Look at our starting lineup: Edmund Sumner, Royce O'Neal, Joe Harris, Claxton, and me. It's not disrespect, and let's be real here. <laughs> Anything after the it's not disrespect, just expect the disrespect, okay? All right, here. It's not disrespect, but what are you expecting from that group? You expect us to win because I'm out there. So if you're watching it from that lens, you're expecting us to play well because number seven is out there. Um, I'm sorry, but I seem to recall that you are the best basketball player on the planet when you're healthy. So I'm sorry. Yeah, I do expect you to play well when you're out there. <laughs> I do. Now, go look this interview up for everybody that doesn't believe it or whatever. There's way more quotes that are even more concerning. But I want to stick to this one because you just completely said that your team is trash. Look at our starting lineup. Sumner, O'Neal, Harris, Claxton, and me. It's not disrespect, but what are you expecting from that group? You essentially just said everybody but you in that starting lineup is trash. I mean, what's going on with the Nets, man? What uh, What's happening with the Nets? And by the way, Kevin Durant... Whether you like it or not, you kind of are the leader of that group because you're the best player on the team. You're the best player in the world. Which would, if so facto, I know I've used that a lot this show, but it's it's worked in the situations I've used it, has it not? If so facto makes you the leader and the best player on your team if you're the best player in the world. So, I know whether, like, I know you don't... Like, and by the way, years ago, and you know what, I guess I should get into the other quote too. I got to find it because it was a quote about his leadership. And years ago when he got on the team, he, when he was on Golden State, he said, it's the perfect situation for me because I'm not a leader and, you know, I don't have to be the face of the team. Then he says some shit about like, um... Um, I want to get the exact um, quote. I'm sorry. I should have had this. I had the one that I wanted to focus on, and I'm going to go back to that. Because it kind of, it all ties in. It all it all ties in. So hold on. Um, um, damn it. I'm sorry. I can't find it. Either way, he gets he 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 goes off on the like on the criticism of his leadership. Like he's like everybody questions my leadership because I didn't tell Kyrie to get the vaccination, and um, I'm not gonna tell a grown ass man what uh what he can and can't do. Yada 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 yada. First, look look man. <laughs> a lot of people question your leadership not because you didn't tell Kyrie to get the vaccination. It's because you let Kyrie. Just do whatever he wants. 
No one's killing you for not telling him to get the vaccination. I understand you. That's just one situation. No one's killing you for that. Everybody's killing you because you just have nothing to say about anything. And then you say shit like look at her starting lineup and calling everybody essentially trash in your starting lineup. That's leadership? Get the fuck out of here, man. If you were my teammate the next day in practice, we're fighting. I know you're the best player on the team, KD. And you can act like it to a certain extent. But at the same time, like, don't sit up. Like, I'm working my ass. I'm trying. Bro, I'm trying. And you're going to sit here and tell me I'm trash. It's so funny. You call Joe Harris trash. But last year, he's part of the reason why you get swept in the first round against Boston. He's part of the reason why you get swept because he wasn't there and you didn't have him is, is the point I'm making. He was hurt. So this might be the last time I talk about the Nets because they just a frustrating franchise and I kind of just want to stay away from it. And I think most of my listeners that do listen to the show would, wouldn't mind it either. I just had to get this in because it, it's a joke, man. Like, Katie, you're a joke, bro. You're, you can't handle shit. Really, you just can't handle shit. You lose you lose a three... It's so crazy. You lose you lose a 3-1 lead against Golden State when you're your last year in OKC. So what do you do? You go and join that Golden State team that won 73 games. And the only reason you didn't get more criticism is because they didn't win that championship. Because they lost a 3-1 lead to... Cleveland that year for reasons that everybody loves to get into. Draymond getting suspended, whatever. I don't give a fuck. I don't care about any of that. So you join that team that won 73 games. You win two finals MVPs, won two two rims. Steph's the leader of the team, clearly. And you had an issue with that while you were there. Don't sit there and lie because if you didn't, you wouldn't have fucking left the situation. You had the perfect basketball situation. That's another thing. That you talk about. You talk about why you requested a trade from the Nets. It was strictly basketball. Well, what the fuck did you leave Golden State for if if all you care about is strictly basketball? Because that's the best basketball situation that you could have been in. And you left. You know why you left? Because you wanted your own team. And you wanted to control your own team. And it fucking backfired in your face because you hitched your wagon to Kyrie Irving. So you know what? I hope they don't trade you. I hope they keep you here. Because that'll just make you miserable. It would. Sensitive ass. Alright, I'm done talking about this. He just pisses me off, man. KD just pisses me off, man. I'm glad I didn't spend a lot of time on that. I'm not going to go too far over. I shouldn't have ended on that. What? How stupid am I? I shouldn't have ended on that at all. Go Giants and go Jets. (laughs) No, I'm going to get into my picks. I'm not going to end on that. I'm going to start picking my games because I'm going to go on the Cover 5 app for the first time this week. Um, Thank God I stayed away from Thursday night's game. I thought Green Bay was going to win, and I'm sorry, baby, but, you know, your team is just too inconsistent. Um. I'm th- I'm, I would because I, I, I would have picked Green Bay in that game if that tells you anything. I'll tell you what though. Last week I was four and one. So if anybody used any of my picks from last week, 
The only pick I lost on was the Raiders, and yes, that was a bad pick. Stop. I know. You don't, you don't, don't judge me on that pick. But every other pick I had won. So you made some money with me. All right? No picks made yet this week. We're going to go through all of them. Obviously, Green Bay was a three-point favorite last night against Tennessee, and they lost. So um, if you pick Tennessee there, good on you. You got Buffalo, who are nine-and-a-half-point favorites against Cleveland. Now, this game, again, I said earlier, was moved to Detroit because of the three to six feet snow that they're going to get out there. So um, that bodes well, I think, for Buffalo because now they can get back to what they truly do well, which is throw the ball. And Cleveland's nothing to write home about. I don't think I'm. I don't think I'm picking this game because I think that's a high number for um, um, a neutral site. So I'd stay away from it personally. But I think Buffalo wins the game. Excuse me. Sorry. Goddamn. I got stuffed up there for a second. I apologize. Um, next game, you got Baltimore. Against Carolina, it's at Baltimore. Baltimore's 12.5-point favorites. You got Baker Mayfield starting this game. P.J. Walker's out with an injury. I don't... I mean, I kind of hate how big that number is. 12.5 is kind of keeping me off that. Because I think Baltimore wins. But Baltimore gives up points late. I don't know. I'm staying away from that too, man. I'm definitely staying away from that. Um, you got the Giants at home against Detroit. They're three-point favorites at home. Um, I think I'm picking the, oh man, I'm staying away from them. I'm not picking this game either, but if I was to pick the game, Giants are covering the three. Look, big game for the Giants. They need to win. They should win. Wouldn't be shocked if they lost, but again, I'm going to, I'll say it again, seven and three. I'm content with going against Dallas. Um, we'll see what they do this week, but actually, I think Dallas is on a bye this week. They are on a bye this week. Great, they're coming off a bye. Oh no, they play at Minnesota. <laughs> okay, hold on. All right, hold on. If the Giants win this game and Dallas loses, Dallas goes into that game six and. Okay, this is a huge week. That Giants need to win this game. If you're gonna, I'm not picking it still, but they need to win this game. Sorry. All right, you got New England at home against the Jets. I'm actually going ahead, and I'm going to pick the Jets. The Jets are three-and-a-half-point underdogs, so I'm going to take the Jets in the points. I think they win the game outright, so that's why I'm going with them. Pretty confident on that. You got Washington. That's a three-point favorite on the road at Houston. Hey, man, Washington's been on a roll. Taylor Heineke is starting. Carson Wentz is supposed to be back this week, but he didn't practice, but... I think they're going to give Heineke another game. I think they win this game, and I'm picking Washington because um, Houston, we just saw locally last week, Houston's not very good. So um, you got Atlanta, three-point favorites at home against Chicago. Uh, I'm iffy on this. I like Chicago, believe it or not, to win this game. Atlanta coming off a bad loss against Carolina on Thursday night last week. Uh, so... And Chicago's offense with Justin Fields has been lights out. I like Chicago here. I, I think I'm going to go Chicago. I'm going to pick Chicago, given the three points. Uh, that's two underdogs, by the way. And two row teams. 
you know what? You're getting everything here. Yeah, I'm stuffed up. Give me a break, okay? Give me a break. I'm human. Sorry. <laughs> um, let's see. This is I need a co-host, don't I? I definitely need a co-host. I need someone to. I need someone to go back and forth with. All right. So, right now, as of right now, I got the Jets plus three and a half. Washington minus three, and Chicago plus three. Next game, New Orleans at home against the Rams. Staying away from that game. Both teams are not good. Philly, seven and a half point favorites at Indy. Ooh, I like Indy to cover the number. Philly ultimately wins, but I think Jonathan Taylor's finally healthy enough. They're going to just stick with the run game. Jeff Saturday, I don't know. He's cooking up some magic maybe over there. Who knows? Who knows what happens this week? But I think Indy at least covers the number. Um, You got Denver against... Vegas at Denver. They're two and a half point favorites against Vegas. Ah, staying away from it. Don't like either team. Denver at home. I mean, that defense is good. Have them in fantasy. But, I don't know. Staying away from that game. I'm picking this game. Dallas at Minnesota. Dallas is somehow a point and a half favorite at Minnesota. What the fuck is that? Give me Minnesota at home, plus the one and a half. I'm taking them to win the game outright completely. Don't understand that line at all. I'm I'm taking Minnesota there. So, that's my five picks. You still got three games left. You got Kansas City at the Chargers, minus the six and a half. I actually think the Chargers cover that number. And don't be surprised if the Chargers go out and win this game. They always play Kansas City hard, so... It's a division game. We'll see what happens there. But I'm not picking that. You got Cincinnati at Pittsburgh. Cincinnati's four and a half point favorites. Um, div- Again, another division game. Uh, That's the Sunday night game too. Yeah, I'd probably like, I'd probably like Cincinnati to cover, that, to cover that four and a half. But I'm not picking that. And then you got San Francisco at Arizona. You don't know what's going on with the Arizona quarterback situation. Kyler Murray's probably going to be out for a second week in a row. Uh, Colt McCoy's dealing with an injury. So who knows what's going on there. San Francisco's an eight-point favorite on the road Monday night. Oh, actually, it's not on the road. They're in Mexico City for this game. So it's a Monday night game in Mexico City. Eight-point favorite. If I had to pick, I'd probably pick San Francisco to cover the eight. With it being on a neutral field, but I'm going to stay away from that. I have my five picks. So I'll run through them again. My five picks are the Jets plus the three and a half on the road at New England, Washington on the road at Houston minus the three, Chicago plus the three at Atlanta, um, Indy plus the seven and a half at home against Philly. So I just think they cover. Um, and then I got at uh, Minnesota at home against Dallas um, plus the one and a half. I think that win that game outright. So, hey man, went 4-1 and last week. If you went with me last week, you won some money, go with me this week. I think those are some good games. Yeah, I'm going to end it on that. Giants need to win against Detroit, um, especially if Dallas loses against Minnesota. I mean, things are happening in the NFC and the AFC East. Um, big game for uh, the Jets. You got um, the Knicks in Den, not in Denver, in Golden State tonight. And, you know, we'll see what they can do there, too. So, yeah, man, hope everybody has a good weekend. Hope everybody enjoys the sports all this weekend. Thank you for listening. I appreciate it. Now I got to go do the dishes. I'm out.
Peace.